0: Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 211 of the podcast that was originally recorded on July 26th of 2018. This week I interviewed John Longren. He is from Fallen Dominion Studios. They started working on a game back in 2005, and then were finally able to get it published in 2017. What a labor of love they have for the game Fallen Lands. We talk about their upcoming appearance at Gen Con we talk about the game itself we also talk about a few of the things that he is playing now enjoy the episode gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now and we are back with another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. This week we have another interview for you. We have John Longren. He is from Fallen Dominion Studios. John, how are you doing this evening? Great, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We're putting up with a little bit of rain over here my way. It's actually looking like um kind of like a flood outside almost. <laughs> huh. I might need an arc here soon or something, so hopefully the power stays on for the duration of our conversation here
1: <laughs> right on, yeah, hope you guys are safe. <laughs> yeah,
0: so far, everything looks like it's good, so we're just gonna we're gonna go with the flow and and kind of see what happens here. but um so i kind of I kind of pinged you on Facebook because uh, I've seen you posting there quite a bit about your game. Um, fallen land. And so I was like, I think you'd be a pretty good person to get on the show. So I kind of pinged you. I was like, hey, let me, let's get you on the podcast. Let's talk about your game, talk about fallen dominion studios, kind of see what you guys are doing, see what else you guys are doing after fallen land. So let's start off with how long has fallen dominion studios been around? And, and were you the one who started it?
1: So back in 2005, uh, one of my closest friends, Sean Cahill, and I uh, basically started designing Fallen Land a post-apocalyptic board game, and yeah, um, it's been a 13-year endeavor, and Fallen Dominion Studios has been around for, um gosh... It's about 2007. Okay. Now I feel like, like we're getting six six some three feedback three here again. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, is Fallenland the first game that you guys actually have published?
1: Yeah, that was kind of our, our first game. Uh, we have some... Uh, we have an expansion that has two solo variants. Uh, we also have... Um, Another expansion coming out called Outriders Trading Post that will uh, be being unveiled at Gen Con 51 here in a few weeks. Uh, Nice, nice. We also have um, another expansion coming out in October and quarter one of next year and
0: hopefully a new game quarter four next year. So (laughs) Great. Can you tell us a little bit about what some of, the, some of those games are? Maybe give us a little bit of a preview, are you allowed, or you're allowed, or is that kind of under wraps, and we're not allowed to talk about that stuff right now. Uh, I like to keep things under the wraps. Uh, okay. That's that's fine. I will. We kind of pride ourselves as flying
1: under the radar a little bit, and uh, <laughs> you know, it turned out to be kind of a good thing with the uh interest in post apocalyptic genre, you know, that has recently come to light,
0: you know. There there have been a few games that are post apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, there ha- there have been a couple. But there's I, I think games kind of go in waves and stuff like that. Because I mean you see that kind of like with Cthulhu. Sometimes you all of a sudden you'll see a big glut of Cthulhu. Sometimes all of a sudden you see a big glut of zombie. Sometimes vampire. Sometimes themes I think just kind of are cyclical almost. Yeah, I can agree to that. Um
1: the, you know, when we started this back in 2005, there really wasn't a whole lot out there. Uh and we really wanted to lay some solid bedrock down in the post post-apocalyptic genre and just been working towards that ever since. It's a really heavy story driven game, so there's probably 600 of my short stories in there, so things like that take time in addition to just Tons and tons of artwork, so the combination of those factors, in addition to that being our first release, you know, we're working 85, 90-hour
0: work weeks for the last 13 years to make this happen, so. That's a lot. That's, that, is, that is some dedication for that, but I will say, it sounds like you guys were quite successful with it, because you guys ran both a successful Kickstarter as well as a successful Indiegogo.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of an organic, small indie growth. You know, we don't have the marketing capacity as some of the big studios yeah. like Fantasy Flight, obviously. But, you know, organically, word is spreading. You know, we got a great rating on BGG. People have really been enjoying the product and it's been selling like hot cakes And
0: we're going back for a second print run here soon. So cool. Well, that's great. Congratulations on that. That's really cool. Now, for thanks the next, for the second print run. Are you guys just going to, are you going to do another Kickstarter for that, or is it just going to be you're just going to do a straight order and just sell to retail to Amazon and wherever else you can sell it to? Um, we're going to do uh, the second print run is
1: basically going to be another Kickstarter. Okay, uh, we will have a bunch of really super cool add-ons, and uh, there'll be some. Really great content in there that people haven't seen before. So
0: cool. So, Fallen Dominion Studios. Who came up with a name for that, and where where did the name get its origins? Uh, you know, initially when we had
1: we were thinking about names. Uh, there's no real hidden meaning behind it or anything. Uh, it's just. It is what it is kind of uh we initially had our logo done by a really great artist in Des Moines named Joe Lauer mm-hmm. and uh it kind of was looking like the fallen angel from the Led Zeppelin album and we made some changes to it and so on and so forth and what we wound up with you know I just absolutely love it there's probably like five or six shades
0: of blue in there when you blow it up full size it's we're really happy with it so it, it is a very nice logo we're actually going to be unveiling a new logo um my wife and i aren't going to be able to go to gen con this year so we're doing gen can't we're doing some probably like all day streams during gen con here from the house nice um but we actually just commissioned um, a local artist to kind of come up with a new logo for us so we're going to be re- re- revealing that during Gen-Cant. yeah i saw that on your page i'm yeah, excited so yeah, we we were kind of excited too, because when I started the podcast about five years ago, it was mainly video game focused. And so that's oh, why nice. I kind of have the keyboard and where like your WASD, which is normally your movement keys for most of your online shooters, all your multiplayer games, a lot of your stuff, you know, on the PC, I kind of put the WIP on there because it kind of fit. And I just had a tattoo artist, a buddy of mine, draw that up for me. He just, I kind of told him what I wanted and he kind of just did that in like a day and was like, here, just go ahead and use this because I needed something when I started the podcast, so. My wife and I are, we've switched over to basically doing all board games now. So we were just like, let's come up with a new logo. And so we started messing around with that, you know, like about a month or so ago. That's exciting. I, one of my favorite 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 things in the whole world is getting new artwork. So (laughs) (laughs) this is, this is, well, this is kind of our first time for this. I mean, especially since my wife just really started doing the videos with me about six months ago on a serious, you know, normal schedule. Um, so, you know, we're, yeah, we're kind of excited about it. We're, we're definitely kind of excited about it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm excited for you. That's I, I saw that on your page, and I was actually thinking about that right before we connected
0: here tonight. So, so you already mentioned a little bit about Fallen Land and how long it was um, under development. Um, that's quite a long time that you guys had it under development. What were some of the early, early iterations of the game like? I mean, how much... How much did the game change from when you first kind of sat down and, you know, you guys first started coming up with the concepts and ideas for it as to what it actually kind of turned into and what you actually released to everybody?
1: Boy, that's a that's a tough question. Um, you know, I think like anything, it kind of ages like a fine wine. the game, the more you spend time on it. Um, I think everyone would agree that, first iterations of a game are a little bit embarrassing, you know, but it, over time it develops and we really took our time with it and get everything right. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, so everything had to be just right. And, you know, one of our biggest challenges was just the advancement of technology and software over Mm -hmm. that time period. Uh, We started off with, like, a no-name program, uh, moved to publisher and a couple other programs, and now we have the comprehensive Adobe Suite, and so we'll never have to deal with those tech issues again, but this game is absolutely massive, and um, not only did that add to the time, but it made it very difficult transferring all those files and redoing them into new software and so on and so
0: forth. Oh, I can just imagine so, yeah, just to growing pains. Art, you know? Yeah, yeah, having to transfer that art. I could just imagine how probably time consuming that was, and possibly having to do any corrections when it was imported into the new software. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and, I work in IT, so I can only just imagine what that, <laughs> that must have been like. You know exactly you know, what I'm talking hard. about. Then <laughs> it's just if you yeah, think about like, where uh, we were uh,
1: in 2005 uh, and yes. where we are now, it's just kind of <laughs> mind boggling. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, I I started, yeah, I started, you know, I mean, I've been messing around with computers ever since I was a kid back with the Commodore 64 and everything, but I started working with them in college and that was probably back in the early nineties. And I mean, even from the early nineties to now, the changes in what you've seen in technology is, I mean, the stuff I was working and building at, you know, the computers I was building back then, you know, I mean, your phones are blowing those things away. I mean, thousands of times faster than what they were back then. And you know, it's, it's just completely insane what technology has been able to do, the leaps and bounds it's made. It's,
1: it's absolutely mind-boggling, you know, that all those chips and everything are just paper-thin. and yeah, <laughs>
0: yes, yes. I mean, it's to think there's a supercomputer in your hand, yes. essentially, you know. Yeah, basically, I mean, what, what they would have considered a supercomputer probably back in the 50s, you know, is, is probably definitely, you, you're probably more power than that is in your hand right now. Oh yeah. I mean. <laughs> so from from those early iterations of the game, I I'm sure you guys probably had to change a lot, you know, both gameplay-wise, role-wise. Is there anything that would might have been in the early parts of the game that maybe you had to cut out because maybe it just didn't flow right or anything that you maybe wish you could have left in there? Is there anything that was maybe left on the cutting room floor, I guess is kind of the question I'm going for. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I think you have to always, you know, Stephen King calls it killing your darlings. You know you have to, you have to cut stuff, put it aside. Some things just don't work at all. And, you know, only through extreme amounts of play testing, are you going to uncover those, those issues? And, you know, Fallen Land was play tested for about, 11 of the 13 years of its creation. So, you know, by a multitude of different people from different walks of life, you know, and, um, I think we're probably the redheaded stepchild of the gaming industry. You know, we, we just like to take our time, get it right. And, you know, our, our goal is to create a game that's going to withstand the test of time. And it's just, I think we've done that. I feel confident, and uh, every time you play it, it's going to be a unique, completely and utterly new storyline with new challenges. It's just a go-anywhere, do-anything sandbox-style game that's heavily story-driven, and I think it's kind of a unique animal. I think there's something there for everybody.
0: Oh, it definitely sounds like it. Uh, The the whole concept of the game just sounds... Very, very intriguing. I mean, just the story-driven, it sounds like you have a lot of assets and into the game yourself with all the writing that it sounds like you've done with the game. But yeah. When you guys, but when you guys started this thing so many years ago, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, none of those things were around. It's true. How were you guys thinking about publishing this game? you know, before those things even had, even had come to fruition. I mean, as you guys were going through the whole development process, did you guys sit around and talk about how you were going to pitch this to maybe different publishers? And then, you know, once Kickstarter came around, you're like, well, let's just do this. Or, you know, what was the process there? Well, you know,
1: my business partner and the co-creator of fallen land, Sean Cahill has just been, you know, we make a really amazing team. He's, he's graded a lot of things that I'm not good at. He's a, phenomenal graphics designer um just we really complement each other's skills really well and as far as as far as publishers you know i have to admit that we are probably pretty naive going into this i like to <laughs> laugh about it you know sean and i were convinced that you know we'll be done in a year. <laughs> and That obviously didn't happen, but, you know, the end product was worth it. And, you know, there's no greater feeling than seeing the first externally manufactured copy arrive at your doorstep that you've, you know, put your blood, sweat and tears into every weekend, every spare penny you have. And you just, you know, it's just been a real labor of love and. I guess that's what the gaming industry' is all about, in my opinion, is just creating things that people have fun with and and you know adding to the community in in a positive way you know
0: and i and I've heard that from a lot of different designers, publishers, and stuff you know that's like a lot of people you know when you talk to them they're just like you know if you if you want to get rich, probably don't go into game design, probably don't go into you know some of the publishings and stuff like that because a lot of people that are in the industry that I talk to and that I've interviewed before, you know, they're just like, you know, they do this because they really have a passion for it. You know, it's kind of the reason why I do, you know, the podcast, why we started doing the streaming and everything, why we do the videos that we do and everything. It's just because, you know, we kind of just like doing it. You know, I – I, That's
1: what it's all about. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're putting, putting a positive con- content
1: out there for the gaming community and, you know – I think sometimes in this day and age, our community is a little bit divided with like war gamers versus people who like miniature games or, you know, Euros or, you know, American style games. I really hate the word Ameritrash. I absolutely hate that word, but yeah. I mean, in my view, we're all just a community and, you know, what you do is very valuable. What, you know, And I'd like to think that what we do, you know, just adds something new for people to try. And, you know, people have been having fun with it. So that's what's most important. You know, it's nice to see something you work so hard on come to fruition, you know. And it's a great feeling to watch watch people having fun with a product, especially, you know, on a convention or something where they may not know who you are and you're kind of watching the demos going on and <laughs> well you know we got gen con coming up here in a week now it's uh we're getting ready for that we got our biggest booth ever um uh, cool. number three zero five seven okay and uh yeah we're just really looking forward to getting together with everybody and having a great time you know that's what it's all
0: about now I'm getting, now I'm sure you're going to be doing demos of the game while you're there at Gen Con. Yeah. There'll be demos going on
1: like mad throughout the whole thing. They'll even be like kind of a VIP game
0: going at the booth. And, uh, what is So what is, okay. That sounds interesting. So what does that entail? What do people get for the VIP treatment?
1: Um, you know, we're going to have tons of promos and lots of fun things. And, uh, you know i I anticipate if it was you know we've been gone for quite some time now, and uh I think this is our fourth year having a booth um, but yeah i'm it should theoretically entail just a lot of the people stopping by, you know having them jump in on a game even if it's for a few rounds and they can tag out if they need to, so it'll it should be fun.
0: Now are you gonna get are you gonna be working the booth the whole time? Are you actually gonna get to walk around Gen Con and actually see some other things? What's what's your Uh, what's your Gen Con schedule look like? I guess my Gen Con schedule is (laughs) how crazy is at the booth the whole time.
1: (laughs) You know, I don't want to miss on opportunities to talk to, you know, people who have been our supporters, people who are enjoying the game, uh interview potentials. You know, there's a lot of that last year. Mm -hmm. And just seeing some of the people that I only get to see once a year, you know, and it's just, it's my favorite time of the year. Don't tell my wife.
0: (laughs) It it will just be between us, the podcast and all the listeners out there. So don't worry about it. We're not, we're not streaming this live, at least on YouTube or anything. So you're safe there. (laughs) Right on. That's funny. Yeah, we were, when we were at origins, we did. We did quite a few interviews while we were there, and my wife was like, "She goes, okay, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that."
1: <laughs> yeah, we we tried to get a booth. This is our second year not being able to get a booth. It's just, I think we started the process in February, and we still missed the boat, which blew my mind. So,
0: yeah, that's crazy.
1: You know, it's one of those things. Uh, live and learn. You know, hopefully next year.
0: Yeah. Origins is a little easier for us because, you know, what, like I, we live in Northeast Ohio. So it's basically just about two hours straight down the, you know, the highway for us. Nice. So it's, it's a lot easier for us to get to there. And I've been to Gen Con before and I've been to Origins a couple of times now. And I will say Gen Con is spectacular. It's the glitz and glamour of the board games. It's where everybody's releasing everything, but it's just so big. There's just so many people. It's, Origins is just nicer because it's a little smaller and it just seems you can get a little bit more intimate, you know, like, I mean, we were able to literally walk around different booths and interview, you know, publishers and, you know, designers right at their booths and just, you know, like when we interviewed Stephen Bonacore, he walked around his whole, we walked around the whole booth with him and we were just shooting all the different games he had out there. And, you know, I had a mic and we were just interviewing him and it's just, I don't think I'd be able to do anything like that at Gen Con. <laughs> The sound
1: feedback is is rough. In addition to last year, they started doing, like, mega announcements, like, yeah. every, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. And it's just, it's rather obnoxious. I hate to say that, but it truly is. And, yeah, that interrupts, you know, conversation. You can't hear anyone talk when those are going on. And I don't know. I know they have yeah. to do what they have to do, but. Yeah. I, for one, I'm
0: not a fan of that. So. <laughs> so you mentioned Gen Con. What other conventions are you guys planning on hitting this year? Gosh, that's the big one.
1: Uh, we missed the boat on Dragon Con. Like I said, we started uh, applying for some of these things in February, and we thought for sure that was going to be, you know, well within the spectrum of booth availability for us as a publisher. But, you know, we we've probably hit four small conventions this year and Gen Con's the biggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it it's, definitely a, is. it's incredibly large expense for a small studio like ours, but you know, it's for us, it's the most important convention of the year and you know, we're not going anywhere. We got a lot of great things coming around just around the corner and uh, including some new games and yeah, we'll be there indefinitely so we're not stopping anytime soon
0: now have you guys thought about hitting Pax unplugged because i know that's another one my wife and i were talking about maybe hitting this year because i kind of, i wanted to go there last year um but we couldn't make it but i'm kind of trying to push her to maybe at least let me go maybe this year i think you should go and tell me how it was <laughs> <laughs> well all the podcasts all the game podcasts i listened to everybody that went last year i've heard it was great it was like a oh yeah an outstanding inaugural event. Everybody was like, if you didn't go last year. And we actually, my wife and I drove out to Boston for PAX East probably about three years ago, maybe now. Cool. And that was super cool. Um, and the board game segment out there during PAX East at that time was much, much smaller. It was often like a side hall. There were just a few, you know, designers there. There weren't a lot of people there. Um, you know, you you got to see some stuff, but it definitely wasn't, you know, anything near origins or definitely nowhere near Gen Con. So I'd, I'd really kind of like to see what this, what PAX and Plugged is. Cause I mean, PAX East was a, was a really, really cool show. I've I, heard absolutely
1: amazing things about their whole series of cons and, you know, as we grow and get larger, you know, we're going to be hitting up more and more venues and I'm certainly looking forward to it. I I love the opportunities there. I love just talking to people, and I'm kind of a people person, so I really enjoy that type of thing.
0: So now, what? Well, you're at GenCon. You mentioned you have some other games coming out. We can't discuss them, so I won't ask any more about those. But are you taking um, pitches from other people? Are is the stuff that you're working on maybe all stuff that you know you and your partner have worked on, and it's all. Basically from inside your know your own your own studio. It's from inside our own studio, uh at the time,
1: being for the time being, that's the way it's gonna be. Uh, we have both Sean Cahill and Bill Pitcher, who are both talented designers. Uh we have our friend Sean Howard uh from Goodnight Games that we're gonna be collaborating on some stuff with uh in the upcoming near future and you know for the time being you know as a small indie designer and publisher that's that's what we have to do to grow so we gotta get more games out there more content and yeah Well there'll be some pretty phenomenal things that hopefully will blow people away here really soon so we've been working on two different games right now so
0: yeah. So, I know I know you don't want to say too much about them, but are they completely different than Fallen Land? Uh,
1: one of them is completely and utterly different, and the other one has a similar
0: system. So, uh, but, uh, that sounds. I, I I won't ask any more of that. But those do. I I am intrigued to see what they are, though. Though. So well, thanks, I, Joe. I, I will definitely be watching the announcements for those. Yeah, and I'm. Like
1: I said, I, I was
0: a little embarrassed that I missed that email from a,
1: a while back. And I as we prepped for Gen Con this week, I wasn't able to get you that material out. But I promise you that I will get that out to you after Gen Con.
0: That's fine. Not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah. But that's, yeah. So what John's talking about was I had pinged him on um, Facebook Messenger. Probably not the best way to reach out to somebody because those can sometimes get lost. And it kind of did. But he responded, and so we finally hooked up. So it's all good. <laughs> so <laughs> you I know, I even, pride I myself on that. being really <laughs> very organized, and yeah, I wouldn't even blame that on you. That was probably that. That's just as much my fault as for not trying to email you or anything, and just pinging you on Messenger. So <laughs> yeah, it it happens, and I I certainly owe you an apology. <laughs> no, you, do, you do not at all, sir. You do not at all. It's all good. So when I was looking through the Fallen Land um, Kickstarter page, sure. one of the things, we're going to change the topic a little bit before we go back to games. One of the things I noticed is you like to cook gourmet food.
1: Yeah, so Thursday night's our game night. Uh, you know, I've been playing D&D since about 1978. Nice. and Nice. You know, Thursday night was traditionally our, our D&D night. You know, we might cook up. Know, like a prime rib or something, something nice and have some nice micro brews and maybe closer to like me? a malt scotch or two and <laughs> oh. yeah, and then get everybody relaxed and, and game, you know, and that's kind of metamorphosized into kind of a board game night over the years. And it's one of those things that I look forward to every week. It's with my crazy schedule and Sean's crazy schedule and everyone involved it's just one of those nights where we just schedule some fun you know and that's what has to happen unfortunately but it's it's always a great time so if you're ever in iowa Iowa.
0: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i will i will definitely stop by for that type of gaming i i'm down with all of that stuff you mentioned scotch and i am there brother (laughs) (laughs) so we're recording this actually on a thursday night are you guys going to be gaming or doing any gaming tonight
1: yeah. Um people are starting to show up in the other room and Okay. Yeah, you know, I told them about seven-ish. Just I said this is more important and something I have to looking, looking forward, forward to, to dealing deal with, with, with and
0: you know, want to, want to touch, touch base to with, 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 you, with you, you and talk some games. All right. Well, let's let's jump over and do that then. You mentioned that you played a lot of D and D growing up. What are some of the other games that you maybe played growing up? Um, What kind of maybe got you into the gaming hobby? Was it pretty much D&D that kind of got you into the hobby? Um, That's how a lot of us, I think, got into gaming. I mean, because I played D&D as a kid as well.
1: Yeah, so most definitely that got me into the gaming hobby. I had a lot of friends at the time growing up that had older brothers that were always looking for players for D&D First dead and, you know, I think they like to kill us in horrible ways. (laughs) I think my first character was a barbarian with a loincloth and an axe and he lasted like five minutes or something. (laughs) But yeah. And it wasn't because of the dice either. (laughs) It was just, honestly, that really sparked my interest. Things like Tolkien, a lot of stuff. I read a lot of books and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love fantasy, like sci-fi. Um, I like, I write a lot of Pulp Fiction. So, you know, comics, love me some comics. But uh, yeah, I think since, since I was kind of awakened by Dungeons and Dragons, you know, I've been trying to play everything I can get my hands on since then, whether it be PC games or you know, board games, role playing games. I just, just something I've always really had a passion for.
0: Yeah, it's but the, the games have definitely changed from when we were younger. Because if you were playing D anD D back in '78, we're probably similar age. Um, so mean the board games we had when we were younger are definitely much different than. You know, what, what I guess you could say, like the modern board games, like, you know, what we're playing now, you know, like your game, Fallen Land. I mean, you wouldn't have found this, a game like this around 20 plus years ago. No, it's, 30 plus years it's, ago. it's kind of a pseudo emulsification
1: of a strategy board game, card building and role, you know, role playing elements. Uh, like I said, it's kind of a unique animal. I, I know there's been some stuff that's, come out recently like Gloomhaven which I've been enjoying myself Uh, but I would kind of liken it to that to a certain degree minus the legacy element I suppose Mm -hmm. you know it's just heavily story driven you can mod your characters Um, but where we differ is you know, every time we play, it's going to be completely and utterly unique experience where I think Gloomhaven, despite, you know, despite being an amazing game and meta categories, like it's almost like a linear game to a certain degree, you know, because while you're uncovering elements based on your choices, you know, there is a kind of a linear line that you progress along, so...
0: It's, yeah, I've, I've played through about seven scenarios or so with a, with a group of friends and I, after about those seven, seven or eight, you know, sessions, I was like, okay, I need to bow out. Um, our four player game is taking us at least four plus hours on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. Sure. And that was when my wife and I were trying to start our streaming up and I was like, I go, I can't do both because we was just consuming my Sundays. Sure. And I was like, you know, I, I liked it. Um I definitely like Euro style games but um Oh me too. It's there's um, there was just something about it that it just it just didn't grab me and I mean I I know it's a lot of people's number 1 game you know and it's it's definitely a a, a good game you know a top game of mine but I don't I don't know if I would actually put it in the top 10. I'm trying to think of we just did a top one hundred buddy um, when I had a co-host a little while ago and we actually did our top one hundred before we hit episode two hundred of the podcast. And I can't remember how oh, nice. Gloomhaven fell. It's it's a great, it's a great game.
1: game. I, I think, think any game, even our game, you know, there's gonna be one or two elements that in any game that people don't care for. And you know, I think just minor house rules fix that. So, yeah. yeah. And I think a great game will allow for that and Gloomhaven certainly do, does that. I think we're about 14 adventures in. Oh, wow, nice. And, um, I just retired my first character and cool. really been enjoying it. It's it also is a really unique animal and yeah, I've just been having a lot of fun with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, when we started playing it after a couple of sessions, I was like, "Okay, this almost reminds me of like The Elder Scrolls like Skyrim, but sure. a board game." Yeah, you know, because after you're done, that's after, a great PC after, game, boy. Yeah, oh, definitely, because <laughs> hey, it's kind of funny. Because after you're done with one scenario, you know, you got like a couple other things that open up on the map, and that's how you played Skyrim. You know, you finish one dungeon, you walk out, and you're walking down the road, and oh, hey, there's a dun- there's a little hole in a cave over here. Let me go explore explore this area for the next four hours. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just been, it's
1: been a, lot a lot of fun, fun. you know.
0: Mm-hmm. So you guys have been playing Gloomhaven lately, or you know what it sounds like. What other what other um, games have you been playing lately, or what what may hit the table tonight? Is, today, is tonight, gonna um, tonight, um, tonight, tonight is tonight going to be a D anD D night? Tonight is
1: a Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven night. night. Okay. Um, <laughs> but as far as other games we've been playing, you know,
0: gosh, there's so many different games. There's never enough time. <laughs> oh, that's that that is completely true. Because my wife was just sitting. We were sitting downstairs watching the news earlier, and she was like. You know, she goes, I'd like to play this and this lately. You know, again, she goes, we haven't played those in a while because we're still trying to work through a lot of the review copies we were given for, from origins. Sure. And, and so, you know, we're also learning some new games for, um, for playing Gen Camp for when we do our streams and everything like that. So, but she was sitting there and she goes, I kind of like to play a couple of these games like that, you know, cause we have, I have a couple of Calyx shells here in the house. I have one downstairs, one upstairs. And she was <laughs> like, I'd like to play this. I'd like to play this again. She goes, we haven't played all some of these games in a while. And I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> Isn't that always know, how it so. goes? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's like we almost need to pick like a day where like, okay, we're not learning anything new. We're just going to, Grab something off the shelf, something we haven't played in a while, and just sit down and just, you know, knock out a couple of these older games, you know, that we'd like. I'm a, I'm a huge, a huge fan, fan of Gale of Force, Force 9. Force I don't know if I you've ever play played Spartacus, Spartacus but, but I don't think I have. I've, you, I've seen it's it. It's amazing. I don't think I've, I have. Love that but. game. Yeah. You got to yeah, go find, find a find copy of that. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out. It's the the local game store that I go to around here is a really nice store. They have a very nice selection of games, mostly newer stuff you won't sometimes you'll find some older things there but it's, it's 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 a lot of newer things but uh the crowd that I normally go down there with is a really nice group of people um and the nice thing about going down there is you can play anything from the latest game that just came out to a game that could be 10 to 15 plus years old Some of the guys, some of the guys have some real nice collections at home and, you know, on Mondays and Thursdays when we sometimes go down there and hang out, you know, they'll bring some of those older games and some of those, I, some of the older stuff I've never even played. And, you know, it's just really nice to be able to sit down there and play some games. And then it's like some of the games, it's like you play them and you're like, okay, I want to buy this. And it's like, well, you can't because it's out of print. It's like, oh, then don't quit bringing these things in if I can't buy it because <laughs> now, now I like this and now I want to buy it and I can't have it.
1: <laughs> There's a couple great, great communities on Facebook, Facebook that trade, trade games. And, yes, yes. You know, I, I kind of, I'm always watching those for some, some, some copies numbers, of things yes. that I wanted yeah. to add to my collection. So,
0: yeah. So, all right. Well, it's getting close to, probably the time you probably should start gaming and if you have people coming over I don't want to keep you too too long is there anything else you maybe want to talk about before we wrap up this episode um, yeah you can
1: check out the Fallen Dominion Studios website it's www.fallendominionstudios.com there's a lot of great content on there uh, we will be adding a bunch of new content to that after Gen Con uh, you know there's a full PDF of the rules for viewing and download, um, on our website. If people care to check it out, uh, we have a lot of exciting new things coming just around the corner and, uh, yeah, I encourage everyone to check that out and come down and see us at booth number three, zero five, seven at GenCon. And I really appreciate the opportunity, Joe, and it's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: You too, Jen. It was great. I'm really glad you got back to me and I'm glad we got a chance to chat. I wish yeah. you good luck at Gen Con. Play Thank a you. few games for me since we won't be able to be there. I most certainly will. <laughs> but, on you know, the episode. We <laughs> we'll see, see you see next, year next year there, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. It's, I have a feeling my wife's going to say, okay, Origins or Gen Con, you're not going to be able to go to both. So I'm going to have to be, be rather picky probably with my, my shows that I, that I mm-hmm. attend. So. And that's where you whip out the
1: coffee can with the 50 bucks a month you've been putting in there. And look at this, honey. We got
0: the money to go. <laughs> or or I could just basically go to somebody and be like, do you need any help at your booth? <laughs> get me a badge and get me in the show. There you go.
1: <laughs> I I would have to think that there is uh, some press passes. So that. That should cover your ticket right there.
0: At, for or for Origins, um, for Origins, we did get. I I got a press pass last year and this year for Origins. Next year, um, I'm definitely going to get my wife a press pass because she was basically running the camera for me most of the most of the this year at Origins. Nice. Um, and since she's since she had just started doing videos with me at the beginning of this year, I didn't want to get her a press pass since she was still kind of newer to the channel. But uh, sure. now that she's been on here a while and it'll have been a year, and she was actually you know, in the press room with me most of the time, I will definitely be getting her a press pass next year at origins. Very (laughs) cool. That is a definite going to happen. So, (laughs) all right, John, well, I'm going to let you get to your gaming. um, And thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you, you Joe. And it's been a real pleasure. And I, yeah, I sure hope you have a great great night. night. You too. And we will be back with the rest of the episode. Stay tuned, everybody. Thanks for joining us. All right. right. Take Take care. care. Thank Thank you. you. Well, there you have it, everybody. Another interview that we wrapped up here at What I'm Playing Now. I would like to thank John for coming on the show and spending some time with us. It was really great having him on the show. I wish him all the luck at Gen Con. We will be spending it at home. Kim and I, we will be doing Gen Can't. So you know what to do, everybody. Send us some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to I'm Playing Now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We do have a guild over there, guild number 2440. Twitter and Instagram, don't forget to follow us there, What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on Facebook. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. On Twitch, you can subscribe to us there and follow us there. Twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is getting a lot of content lately. YouTube.com slash What I'm Playing Now. Well, everybody, you know what to do at the end of an episode. Hey, go play some games. Let me know what you're playing now. But until next week, everybody, you have a great week gaming and we will see you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.